building wealth is not about how much money you make, but it's about how much money you keep. In our youth, we tend to have a more carefree approach, not thinking as much about creating wealth. It's far more fun to live in the moment. You know, we can worry about saving later. But one day, it all just kind of smacks you in the face. It hits you hard, and you've got to quickly change course. You've got to decide not only how to create wealth, but how you can protect it. Well, in this episode, successful franchise owner, author, and speaker, Rich LeBrun, joins us to share how you can begin to build wealth now, and we're going to answer the question if it's possible to do it later in life. Now, Rich specializes in the franchise industry by showing people throughout the country how to rigorously evaluate a business to purchase and how to build wealth for their family. With over 30 years serving as a senior executive, working with small to medium-sized companies, helping them with that strategic planning, executive coaching, and leadership training, He's passionate about teaching others how to reach their life's goals and objectives for building wealth and for a better quality of life. And he's going to be sharing his story of transitioning after losing his job and becoming a franchise owner and how he's been able to create his legacy and secure his future. You're going to find out what you can do to get started today. And, again, is it too late? But... Before we get to that, my name is Carolyn Owens, and I'm the host of Let's Coach. We bring you some great small business ideas and some good news stories and stories about people who are paying it forward in their everyday lives. We bring the best from the coaching world for you to use in your life. When I'm not hosting the show, I serve to help you up-level your skills so you can up-level your income, your career, your business, or your life. And I love to connect with you and hear what you think about the show. Or if you'd like to be connected with a guest that we've had on the show, you can go ahead and send me an email and I'll make that connection for you. And you can do this by visiting what I call my connection hub. And if you go to carolyn360.com, you're going to find links to my social media profiles, website, blog, um, this podcast, everything you need to connect with me is there. And, you know, this month we are talking all things money, making it, getting out of debt, protecting it, building your legacy. And and what does it mean, build a legacy? What is your legacy for you? In our last episode, we were joined by Navy veteran and coach. uh, He's a leading expert in real estate investing, specifically in the self-storage industry, and he's the host of the Legacy Blueprint podcast, and that was Joe Evangelisti. And Joe has been involved in real estate for over 15 years, and he creates life-changing transformation by providing clients with tools and strategies that are needed to create unstoppable momentum and breakthrough obstacles. And we talked about how you can unlock your potential to create success in your life and begin to build your legacy. So I encourage you to check out that episode. It kind of builds on, we're building on that today, talking more about our wealth-building strategies. And that episode is titled Building Your Legacy. So just search for it on uh, any platform you listen on, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
search for the episode there with Let's Coach with Carolyn, and it's Building Your Legacy, and kind of keep this conversation going. And we're continuing the discussion today with Rich LeBron. And again, he specializes in the franchise industry, showing people how they can you eva- how do you evaluate a business to know if it's the one you should be purchasing? How do you build wealth for your family? And again, he's had 30 years serving as a senior executive. <clears throat> he's helped teach others how to reach their life's goals and objectives for building wealth. And he's here with us today. He's here to share some of his wisdom and secrets to wealth building. So let's give a warm Let's coach welcome to Rich LeBron. Hi, Rich. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? <laughs> Blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I am really looking forward to this conversation, and I just really want to applaud what you do and your, your uh, values behind it and how you're really trying to promote people to really uh increase their wealth, but also increase their impact in the world. So uh, I applaud you. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) You know, and and there are people out there who are listening who they may have recently lost their job or struggling. For those, depending on when you're listening to this episode, we've been through a lot in the past couple of years with the coronavirus pandemic, um, social justice issues, political issues, so much happening around us. Um, and people are struggling with their careers, uh, and some are finding they were not happy doing what they were doing. And you yourself, Rich, you had to make a pivot when you lost your job a few years ago. What was going on? What happened for you? Yeah, well, you know, I was uh, 60 years old in the job market, and I had a uh, – you mentioned real estate before. I was 30 years in, in commercial real estate and, and managed, you know, uh, real estate for pension funds, insurance company, corporations, publicly traded companies. Great career. Worked with all sorts of companies, from the uh, small retail owner to corporate 100, you know, corporations in the United States. But I, uh, my client decided to sell the real estate, and I found myself in the job market at 60, and uh, that was uh, an eye opener. Uh, and so I went on this journey to uh, what I call being an executive in transition. And this is now the label I use when I talk with so many people because either you're out of work and you're forced into transition or you're working and maybe you're just a little bit uh, less enamored with your company and uh, maybe all things are going on in our country, as you mentioned, and you've just been thinking and contemplating, daydreaming, what are some other ideas and options you could do? So you're also in transitional thinking. Um, so what I did is I, I went on the journey, and I actually wrote a book called What's My Next Move to Capture It so I could help other people do the same thing. But the good news is the reality of, of it is that there's only five options anyhow, uh, Carolyn, um, for, for everybody. I don't care where you're at in, the, in, the, in life. The five options are you ask yourself if you could retire, and then you kind of determine if that's a possibility, and you check that box off if you can or you can't or if you don't want to. Second, if you get a job in corporate America, get another job in corporate America. Well, if you're, if you're between 30 and 40, that's the sweet spot today, okay? <laughs> if you're between 40 and 60, you know, 65, the higher you get up in that age bracket, it gets harder. The jobs are only lasting two to three years, but it's the fastest way to cash flow, okay? 
And the last three has to do with just owning a business. You either start your own, you buy a business that's not a franchise, or you buy a franchise. So we ask people to go look at all five options. They owe it to themselves, to their family, to do this right, to evaluate everything, and I capture that in my book. Uh, but, then, but we only specialize in the franchise industry, uh, and that's what I did. I went through all those five options for myself, and eventually I ran across the franchise consultant. I really liked what they did. It fit, it fit my, where I was in life. I could still uh, build wealth. I was still, I could still I could work from home. I could be I could travel. I had all <laughs> the other things I want to do. And I'm a business junkie. And I love talking business, and I love coaching. <laughs> And so I've been coaching people my entire life. So it all blended together. So here I am, a franchise consultant, and I, I just really love what I do. You know, in, in your case, it was it was clear. You didn't have a choice um, because you had lost your job, and you were 60 at the time, which made it even harder um, because, I mean, we hate to admit it, but there is age discrimination in the workplace and some of the challenges you face, be it, you can experience it when you're younger trying to get in an industry, but then when we reach a certain age and more, I'll say wiser age, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, we still have those trying to, if we're trying to find a job, but there are some people who are, they they feel stuck and they, they can't actually even pinpoint what it is. How do you know it's time to do something different? It's time to move on when it's not forced on you. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at history, somewhere between 85 mm-hmm. to 100 years ago, about 90% of the country was entrepreneur anyhow. Uh, they, oh. they were farmers, okay? Uh, and so they just yeah. well, they just grew up and they were entrepreneurs. They didn't, they, it was just <laughs> what they did. Then we had the Industrial Revolution and people started working for corporate America. Now you roll the clock ahead 100 years. And now we have 5% of the people who are entrepreneurs and 95% work for other people. But the spirit is still within them. So how do you find it? Sometimes being forced. Sometimes just you're having a conversation like with someone like yourself or me to say, you know what, have you ever thought about owning a business? And people get a little scared or uncertain. They don't mm-hmm. know the territory to go through. Um, but once they can hear their options, Okay, and really evaluate those. That's what we really take them on. We take them on like a, a four-month journey in, uh, to go on the journey to evaluate businesses. When they're done, they're very smart, and they fully ev- understand their options in front of them regarding a business. But it really starts with this transitional thinking. And most people, you know, especially when you get later in life. When I was 60, here's a, I said to myself, you know, I'm not done yet. I still have a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of ideas. I, I don't, I'm not done. And yet, corporate America was telling me maybe I am done. And I go, no, I'm yes. not. And so, uh, this inspires people. And so, when I ran across the franchise industry, it was like the light bulb went on. I go, gosh, you know, I, I, you can get in it at 20 and get in it at 60, and um, and you can still build wealth and own a business and take control. I, I no longer worry about losing my job. I can do this, uh, you know, until I don't want to. I'm not having fun anymore. Uh, so uh, I think it matters. It's catching. If you're in transition, it's your your listeners would do well to have a conversation with yourself or or myself to really just plant the seed, and then see if, and then go down the path, water it a little bit, and see if it grows. 
You know, it's ironic because I was thinking about this with someone yesterday, and oftentimes we only plan for that next year. We think, okay, um, you know, you're only focused on that. Even when, you know, I've worked with a lot of more mature clients, and they're still just stuck in that year. They don't do the forward thinking and, like, where do I want to be in three years, five years as part of their transition plan and thinking what opportunities are going to be out there for me. I think when it's not an easy decision to make and to start changing your mindset to think that way unless it's forced upon you like it was with you. But oftentimes we'll find people who tie their value, their um, self-worth to their career and to their job. Do you Have you seen that with people as well? I have. I have. And I have to tell you, even personally, when, when I was out of work, I started questioning my self-worth and going, geez, you know, People aren't going to hire me, and what am I going to do? I'm not done. And, yeah, I went on this little dark journey for a while. And then I got into the business, and, you know, I, I got pulled out of that, you know, that dull drum, and I ended up getting my own business. But now I talk with executives every day of the week, and I don't care. They can middle management, the CEOs. Um, this is a question on their minds, especially if they're out of work. I mean, this idea of not being done yet is a common question, you know, they've, They've had a job for 15, 20 years. They took another job because it paid more. That job lasted like five years, and then they went on this, this journey of jobs lasting two years, and then they go, gosh, now I'm out of work. I'm 58 years old. What am I going to do? And they get and they, go, they get a little dark on it, and they go, you know what? So part of my coaching is inspiring them, going, you know what? It's a little scary. It's going to take, it's going to take some money that you weren't planning on spending this late in life, uh, but the good news is you get to be your own CEO. You get to maybe live out a vision and a dream you've always had. You get to have purpose again, and you can and you can strategically do this in a way that you know you enjoy, uh, and you can build wealth still. And, uh, and so, absolutely, Karen, I hit the nail right in the head. This is this is a test of uh, that they weren't preparing prepared for. Um, so when you some of your younger younger listeners, I always if I could do life over again. I would have younger people, even myself, even my kids, start their own business at a young age because if you have that entrepreneur spirit, uh, you'd become fearless. Uh, mm. So that way if you are working for, yeah, if you're working for corporate America, great. If you have a job, great because then you'll start your own business. And, and we're seeing, and by the way, the interest in business ownership has gone up 50% since the pandemic, 50%. Yeah, but we'll wait for... Oftentimes, you know, when we think about the transition, think about starting our own businesses, oftentimes people wait for that perfect moment. You know, everything has to be in alignment. Is there ever a perfect time? These are wonderful questions. No, there's not. <laughs> uh, but there is, a, There is. you know, the more you learn, the more you get comfortable with your answer. So the perfect time mm. is really just to start. Now, what I tell my clients, I said, I get a chance to help you one way or the other. Either I'm going to help you buy a business at the end of four months, you'll either decide you want to buy one, or you decided you did not want to buy one, and I helped you make that decision too. But at least you went on the journey to strategically look at this thoroughly. At the end, you'll feel that better about your answer, whether you buy or not. Um, but to sit there and do nothing uh, and wait for that perfect thing to float by you, uh, good luck. <laughs> I think we do that. We do that in so many areas of our life. We look for the perfect, perfect spouse, and we're all human. We have our flaws, 
but you know, we go through this journey looking for perfection, and, and sometimes we're even so hard on ourselves. But it also stimulates and creates this fear and anxiety that holds us back from being able to, you know, make those transitions or start our business or even purchase or become a franchise owner. You know, did you have how, how when you were going through this? What was it like for you in terms of that fear and anxiety? Well, one of the reasons a franchise model works, and by the way, it's not the perfect solution for everybody, and not everybody should be an owner of a business. If everybody owned a business, we'd have no employees, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, so it's not for everybody. But one thing about the franchise system that worked and helped with that fear uh, is the fact that there's a saying in the franchise world: you're in business for yourself. I mean, you do own it. You can sell it and give it to you. Can leave a legacy, give it to your kids but you're not by yourself. You're connected to the franchise corporate office who is there to help you grow your business and all the other franchisees around the country. It could be 10, it could be 10,000. Uh, you are instantly in a family to get to, to do things with people. And that really, in, in the investment world, because you talked about investments earlier, okay, the key word in any investment is to de-risk it. Okay, now you, We all know we're, we're adults here and, and that we can't eliminate risk, but we can de-risk it by doing our homework. And the attractiveness of a franchise is, in fact, private equity groups are spending hundreds of millions of dollars in the franchise industry because they can de-risk it. They, they know there's an executive team in place. They know there's brand awareness. They know there's an operating system and a marketing system. They know they can validate everything by talking to existing franchise owners. They can go visit the stores or eat the food or, or you know, have that service performed. So the fear, the way, the way I did it is I went on the journey, and as I went on it, I, you know, I was able to address the fear because I was no longer doing it by myself. So when I actually bought into a franchise to become a franchise consultant, and, uh, and so they taught me. They trained me, and then I had colleagues around the country. Mm. Now I, I work with one of the top com companies in the, in, the, in the U.S., and I've got 150 colleagues of mine that we can share best practice and help each other and, and grow our business. So you got to find the structure, and that's attractive about the franchise, especially, you know, uh, for people who are really addressing this. I don't want to do it by myself. I'm worried. Uh, go on the journey. Just, just go on the journey, and, again, let the facts lead you to the, to the conclusion. I don't know where it's going to take you, but I can tell you that's this is one of the reasons people like franchising. They can de-risk a lot of it. Yeah, I, I liked when you said the word structure, because even as we're making our transitions, having some structure to it, that's what I was able to do when I was leaving the military. I had my little notebook two years ahead of time <laughs> that I was kind of planning out, you know, what are all these things that I need to do to transition to this next phase in life? And you, and you mentioned that there were the five options that when someone either loses their jobs or they're thinking about um, uh, making that transition to something new, um, hopefully something more exciting, <laughs> that there's there's options that they have, which one of them first being uh, finding a job in the industry that you came from or a new industry. And if, if you are more mature, that can be very difficult. It, it, it comes with a lot of challenges uh, in starting something new and trying to get back in, you know, that rat race, you have to really kind of look at why is it you want to leave in the first place because you don't want to jump right back into the same thing. Yeah, you bring up a good point. First of all, thank you for your service. 
Oh, thank you. I really, I really, really, sincerely appreciate it. Um, and by the way, veterans are in very high esteem uh, for uh, owning a franchise. One, one of the main mm-hmm. reasons is, well, two reasons franchisees fail is they don't have enough money. They, they don't extend it themselves, which we shouldn't do in life. And they don't follow a system. They, we, they buy McDonald's and try to sell hot dogs. It doesn't work. Well, people in the military, you can attest to this, are used to following systems, right? Um, yes. And so fran- franchise companies love veterans, and they, and they give a little discount to all veterans to buy into oh. the franchise, just a little tidbit there. But, um, um, you know, I, I try to think about this. Um, for people to to really take the time and ask the right questions. Here, here's, the, here's the flip side of this. Michael Gerber wrote a great book called E-Myth, which is like the guru for small businesses. He goes, the worst thing you could do is say I like, I like to bake and then I go buy a bakery. Okay. And then what people find out, if they take that strategy, they end up owning a bakery business and they hate baking. Okay. And so it's really not that we don't find passion. Don't get me wrong. Not that we don't find passion in the mix of what we do. But there's, a, you know, that person who says, oh, I love to bake. I just bought a bakery. Didn't think about all the th- things of business, all the things that they wanted to do, all the things that's going to require them to do. You know, when they were baking, they did it as a hobby and they enjoyed it. And now it's a business. And they have employees. Maybe they don't like, maybe they shouldn't be a manager of employees. Maybe they should be, you know, a coach and have no, maybe no employees. Um, so there's so the best thing people could do is really think about it and really just even if they don't use our services, you know, um, ask themselves what do I want this business to accomplish for me? And we and we take them on a complete full MBA approach of looking at all the components of business, so we can de-risk as much of the opportunities as possible. But uh, so I think that I, I want to encourage them. If I could say anything, I, I'd say you know go on, go on a journey. It doesn't cost you anything. Mm. By the way, our services mm-hmm. are free. Our services are free. We yes. get paid by the franchise companies. And it's like, in, in, we're like an executive recruiter. If you buy something, great. We get paid. If you don't, that's okay. Um, but why not go on it? Why not check it out for yourself? I, I can't. I can't sell you anything. I can. I'm just a very good coach. That's what I am. I'm, 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 I'll make sure you do your homework. My worst nightmare is people who just don't spend the time to do it right. Okay. I really want them to do it right and make this is a family. It's not just a money decision. It's not an invest. It's an investment decision. It's a career decision. It's a family decision, and it I is. really want them to, to do the best they can to de-risk as much as possible. Well, and you know, gosh, there's so much I want to touch on there. But I, I want to, you know, we talk about retiring. You mentioned veterans in the military. Um, and there's other careers and times where we retire, and we aren't done yet. There's more, you know. It's this. This society creates a stereotype. Ah, when you get to a certain age, you pretty much just go to a corner. But we're the only country that really does that, because we do. And now we're we're living longer. There's so much out there to keep us healthy and stronger. That when we retire, we still got some things that we can do. Um, have you seen people retire and then going to the franchise business? Yeah, they do. They, they they get bored. You know, they golfed enough, they traveled <laughs> enough, but they go. And you know, we have businesses that you got to work full time. We have businesses where you're semi-absent. You know, you can have, you can have a business and a manager run it for you, and you can be retired and spend 15 hours a week running a business on the side. You can still golf, <laughs> mm. if you travel. 
then now you get a manager running your business. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. So we have we have both type of models out there. And so they, you know, I don't know if they, maybe the wife kicked them out of the house. I really don't know. Just to get out, you, you know, you're bugging me. And so I'll go back to work. I really don't know. But yes, I've had I've had a, quite a few people who've come out of retirement. Uh, and you you mentioned something that we are living longer. If you look at all the medical history or things that are going on, innovations are all about you know helping us live longer, which is exciting and scary because building wealth, you have to build wealth for maybe a longer period of time. Like yes. you, I'm sure you love you love what you do. I could just tell in our conversations. You'll do that until you don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. And I'll do that. I'm 68 today. I'm 68. I have no desire. Ah. Time. I have nothing nothing about quitting. You know, I, I'm going to do this until I don't want to do it anymore. And uh, and so that, I don't, that fear is gone about oh. America telling me or corporate America telling me I'm done. No one can tell me I'm done anymore. I, I'm just going to do this until I don't want to do it anymore. You know, when we had um, the show prior to this one, we had Joe Evangelisti on, and one of the points he made was when we think about in terms of creating wealth and, and, and leaving that legacy, we can't look to, you know, all right, the president is saying this or the government is saying this. You know, we ha- we can go out and create situations and, and, you know, buy franchises, get into self the self-storage industry, different things that can allow us to create and build this wealth. Um, and like you said, retirement doesn't have to stop. The, we don't have to, um, in my perspective, and you could say if you agree, we don't have to stop building wealth just because we retire. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, um, by the way, just give you an idea, individuals own franchises, uh, partnerships, families, Corporations, Warren Buffett owns franchises. Target owns a thousand oh. pizza huts. I mean, uh, I mean, this is not a fad or a trend. It's a business model. Um, now, talk about disinvestment options. By the way, we we're not investment people. I mean, uh, financial advisors. But for your listeners, uh, I understand the real estate industry, and Joe is right. It's a wonderful way to invest. We include, you know, we include that in our conversations. Make sure you're you're diversified in your investments. But I always use mm-hmm. this analogy. You want to, and I'm, I'm going to pick a number. If you want to make two hundred thousand dollars a year in the stock market. You need two million dollars of stocks making a ten percent return to get two hundred thousand. Most people don't have two million in stocks. Mm-mm. Secondly, if you want to make two million, two million in real estate, you need to tie up two million dollars of real estate, where it's you know what they call yes. leveraged or unleveraged, to get a ten percent return. Most people don't have the wherewithal to tie up two million dollars of real estate. But we always say, look at it. Look at all your options out there. But owning a business, there is no direct correlation. You can own a two million dollar business and make a hundred thousand. You can own a, you know, three hundred thousand dollar business and make two hundred thousand. So it's it's every business stands on its own. So there's definitely uh, not only can you add purpose back to your life, you can actually strategically build wealth. And for people that work at minimum, you got yourself a job that you don't that you are now the CEO and you're not going to fire yourself. <laughs> so. So when you think about the options that someone has in terms of creating wealth, building wealth, you know, really taking time to, as you do with your clients, evaluate and look out, look and know what's out there. I think that's one of the um, blocks that we run against. The obstacles is we'll have the idea or we'll hear a concept, we'll hear something, but there's not a safe place to go where people aren't saying, you know, I need $3,000 just to talk to you about this. You know, and as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. this is something that you do 
for free with people. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know the hardest thing I have is two things. One is to tell people I'm not selling them anything because no one believes anybody anymore, right? <laughs> but, I, but I can't sell them anything. And the other one is I tell them you're not buying anything. I said you know all you're doing is committing to go on the journey. You're not signing a contract mm. with me. They said, and then all, I have to tell my clients all the way. You know, of the four months, three of it's just talking to people, exploring. You'll know when you get closer to the end. Trust your family. Trust your, you know, trust your spouse. Trust how you make major decisions. I'm not here to stress, you know, sell you anything. The franchise companies aren't there really even to sell you anything. They want to make sure they get the right people on, on their side as well. Um, it's by the safest journey from an investment standpoint you can go on, and at the end, really understand what's in front of you, and then you make it. Then you and your family make a decision. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I I I, I love I, mean, I love what I do. I hope you can tell. And I just love people going to <laughs> the I wanted to check the box off. You only have five options anyhow. Okay. So you know, the, just check the box off. At the end of the day, um, they'll know if it's for them, and they can be getting to put their head in the pillow at night, saying, you know what, we really went down that path, and and it was for us, and yay, or it was not for us, and yay. Either way. So I, I do want to clarify something because um, one of the things we like to do on the show is kind of take it to the basic lower level to help people understand some of the concepts and some of the terms. And I know we've been talking we, you know, a little bit about franchise ownership, but can you kind of say what exactly is franchise ownership? Yeah, you're actually buying. So it'd be, here's a simple example. Carolyn, let's say you and I started a business. Okay, whatever it is, we make some widget, some widget, and we took two, three years. We developed it. We we were successful in, in where we lived, and uh, we wanted to grow. Okay, so we we wanted what we call franchise system, be able to sell our what we learned and what we developed to somebody else. So what that person does, they buy the right to our our secrets. Right, because you and I worked hard to build our business. We put our name on our business, and so we're not going to let just anybody in. So they pay us a franchise fee to buy the rights to their, wherever they're living, their territory, and then they pay us a royalty, a percentage of their sales, throughout our journey together. In return, we teach them everything about our business, and we help them and guide them and coach them and support them all throughout the journey to become successful. So. At the fundamental level, a franchise system is, a, is an organized system that a company set up so they can sell to other people. Uh, and then the franchisee is buying the right to our secrets, our, our tricks of the trade, you know. Um, and then we're, then we're connected. You know, you always say you're in business for yourself and not by yourself. We actually are literally connected financially to a royalty system, which incentivizes the franchisor only makes money when the franchisee makes money. And so it's an incentive to help the franchisor to help the franchisee grow. Mm. Hope, hope, that, when we, hope that helps. It, it does, because when you think, you know, people are probably hearing this and thinking, well, okay, franchise ownership, it, this must only be for people who got a lot of money, who are well-off, older, you know, extreme net worth. Well, who can own a franchise? Yeah, I, this is why I think it's the best kept secret in our country. I mean, it's it's really available. It does take money, and I'll tell you that number. Um, it does take money to buy a, a business. And a business, whether it's a franchise or not, by the way, it takes money. It takes money to start a business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
but it's available to everybody. You know, you don't have to have a degree. You got just some business sense, some common sense, and you know, wisdom and, and money. Okay, but it's I, I love it. it's available to everybody. Um, so, franchises cost anywhere from about fifty thousand dollars to well over a million. Okay, Ooh. I, you people can yeah, and so people can then buy let's say you buy a hundred thousand dollar franchise. Maybe it's to put you know thirty thousand dollars down, and you need to finance the rest. Okay, maybe you buy a sixty thousand dollar franchise. Okay. And so maybe you pay for sixty. You know, maybe you know, people's money comes from today. Uh, you know, cash, stocks, bonds. There's also a program where you can roll over a part of your 401k or IRA or whatever funds you need, and you're not taxed or penalized no matter what age you are. It's a government program to help people buy businesses. So I would say to be fair to your listeners, okay, well, you need around fifty thousand dollars liquid, and to clarify that, liquid would be. A combination of cash, stocks, bonds, 401k, and IRA. All those combined added up has to be around 50000 And you need a net worth, which is really, if not people are not familiar with net worth, it's really on one column you add up the value, market value of everything you own, whether it's cash, stocks, bonds, cars, houses. The next column you, you write down everything you owe against it, like if you have loans on your house or loans on your cars, you subtract the two and that's your net worth. That should be around $100,000 or better. Um, so there is there is a threshold, okay? And you need a credit score about 700 above, okay? Uh, because if you are going to do any financing, lenders usually require that. But it's closer mm-hmm. than most people think. You know, most people think it's millions of dollars or half a million of dollars, even $200,000. A lot of people get in some really nice franchises for you know, a lot less than they've ever anticipated they could. And then you start, uh, the whole purpose of your show, then you start building wealth. You may start with one franchise, and you may end up growing that business, and then you're making some money, and you buy either another another territory or another unit, or you buy another type of business. You know, and you, Now you're on this wealth building tra- trajectory. And I, and I have people that want to own one, and we have people who have bought 10. We have a couple of guys bought all mm. of Canada. You know, so... <laughs> You can come and you can come and play here at any level, uh, whatever suits you. But, but there was there is some minimum thresh, uh, financial thresholds. So I hope that helps your listeners. And if you think about, I mean, if you have a team of you know brothers and sisters, sisters, or and they're going in together for a fifty thousand dollar franchise and they're splitting the cost, it's really hey, we're both putting like twenty five thousand out here. And we can make this yeah. happen. I think, like you were saying, a lot of people will assume that it does take, you know, millions of dollars. But and, and you've mentioned some key things about, you know, credit scores and different things that if you're younger or even where you're at and you're thinking about this, those are the things that you can start looking at now to say, well, how do I get my credit score where it needs to be? Mm-hmm. What is my, you know, debt-to-income ratio? Because I, I, there's a lot of people, you know, talk to them, and they have no idea what their net worth is. And sometimes they're surprised when they realize, shucks, I'm just, you know, $5,000 away from hitting the threshold of being able to get a small franchise or do something. So begin, you can begin by really looking at, where am I? You know, what are my numbers? You know, what is my plan in terms of working and different things? And you may have, you know, the people who have saved, 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 and they're trying to figure out, well, what do I do with it? And this sounds like it's a great option for someone to be able to, you know, jump 
into the franchise world. But the other thing that comes up is age. People will think, I'm too young, I'm too old. What's that age range of you see a franchise ownership? Well, for a long time, it was for, like 45 to 65 was kind of the sweet spot for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, generally speaking, they have capital built up. They've had more years in the in the industry, and uh, and it was generally most still still is the majority of the people are coming in, and maybe it's down to 40. The other one is reason is because uh, going back to the job market, you know, the 30 to 40 is a sweet spot. You know, the the Discrimination. I hate to use that word. In, in the in the age discrimination is dropped went from fifty to forty five. Now it's forty. And uh, oh wow. And so yeah, yeah. So uh, and then if you look, you don't have to believe me. They can your listeners and go on LinkedIn. Just type in people's names and look at their job history. You'll see them. And as you see that, gosh, their jobs are lasting you know one year, two years, three years at most. And uh, in fact, the average. CEO's job is only five years, to give you some idea. This whole idea of getting a job and lasting for 25 years is pretty much blown out of the water. So I love young people getting in. A lot of times they're not there financially, but we talk about take your time. You know, franchising has been around for a long time. At least you know the goals to shoot for. Uh, but mm-hmm. young people are just a very big interest in owning their own business. People, Young people have an entrepreneur spirit, which I love. It's alive and well again. And uh, if they just take their time, uh, so, but generally speaking, it's always been about 45 to 65, but I get people at 70 and I get people at 30. So uh, um, it's, it's, really, uh, it's really open to anybody if, if we can walk them through all the other pieces of the puzzle. When you're a little bit younger, sometimes they never, you know, manage people or did any business development. But I got to tell you, a lot of these young people are really sharp today, and they really got their eye on this, uh, you know, how to, how to build wealth. So I'm excited to see that. Wow, it is. I like that the fact of when you're, you know, we're we weren't taught building wealth, franchise ownership, you know, um, investing. Eh, we're not taught this in school, and so for you know those who are in that younger age range listening, you know, take heed and think about some of these things that you can do. I I think it's so important. I still love the rich dad poor dad concept where we don't talk mm-hmm. money at the table, and we should because franchise ownership could be in the horizon for so many people. But, you know, how does someone know if franchise ownership is for them? Well, a couple of things. First of all, Rich Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I encourage every young person to read that. It's a really fundamental skill builder. By the way, uh, we just got our son, uh, we just want to help our son get a franchise. He's 31. Oh, uh, wow. uh, and he's an entrepreneur now, and he's he's his own CEO. And I'm so proud of him, and it's so exciting to see. <laughs> uh, um, so the question was, how do people know what if they want a franchise? Um, here's the thing they got to look at. There's only way three business ownership options. So start your own. Okay, most people, a lot of people can start their own. By the way, every single franchise, every single business started in a garage somewhere. So. The idea that only franchises exist, no, that person started somewhere in their basement or garage. So it, that's definitely how new businesses get started. It's it's easier when you're 20 or 25 and 30 because you have a long runway ahead of you. Okay, so if you pick a magical age at 70, you want to stop working. So you got a long runway ahead, so you can make some mistakes and figure it out. Um, second way you can buy a business that's not a franchise. A lot of businesses are out there. Uh, one thing, the differentiator is you really, when you buy that business, you're pretty much on your own. 
so you don't have that support that a mm-hmm. franchise offers, but it's still an option for you, and you should look at that. And uh, and then the franchise option, you know, look at just look at all three. And so all I would say is the first question they have to ask themselves is, am I willing to look look go down this path to look at being a business owner, wherever it leads me? Okay, and can will I be honest with myself and do the homework? And let the facts lead me to the conclusion. I want to go down this path and check the big box off, meaning should I be an entrepreneur or not? Uh, that's where you start, and then you look at your options. Yeah, you know, and uh, the other thing that people think about in franchising, it's what comes to mind, mainly the food industry, like the Popeyes, um, Chipotle, you know, some of the different type of franchise restaurants that you can have. But there's other opportunities out there as well. What are some of the trending industries right now for franchise ownership? Yeah, there is. I mean, it's, uh, it's there's uh, 3,500 brands, give or take. It kind of fluctuates like 300 brands a year. Um and it depends how you carve up the industries. There's at least 30 or 40. Some people say 50 or 60. It depends how you carve them up. Most people think of food as the most popular. It's the most mm-hmm. fad, most trendy. It's the most expensive, and it's the highest risk. Okay, but most people think of food. But we have coaching franchises. We have accounting, payroll, employment agencies. We have home improvement. We have senior care. We have medical. We have automotive, we have sports and fitness, we have, you know, uh, hair salons. I mean, people just really don't realize how many things are franchised. And by the way, they're all buyers of franchise services or products. You know, they they discuss this part of our daily routine out in life. We're going out there buying services. And majority of these, a lot of things are franchised. They just don't, they drive down the street and they don't realize it. And, uh, in fact, I laugh with my wife. We go down the street and look at all the retail, and I go, "In that shopping center, franchise, 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 franchise." You know, eight <laughs> out of eight out of twelve stores are franchised. Um, and so, so that so I guess the question is, is is, is there's a lot of industries, a lot of things to get, and uh, and people just are most exciting about this journey. I take people on as I don't know where it ends up either. Exciting! It's in the journey. It's like they, they go, "Gosh, I love food. I love food," and end up buying a, you know, a home repair shop. You know, because they didn't know what they didn't know. And uh, I had one guy just real quickly who was a, a key executive uh, for Old Navy, and in one of our assessment conversations, he just mentioned slightly they used to love swimming in high school. That's it. And through our journey, long story short, he ended up buying. Uh, Three territories for a, a swimming school uh, franchise. He was so wow. surprised and so happy. He is a, he is the happiest guy he could be out of one <laughs> state. I said, would you, would you, would you, "Tell me about your journey. Would you do in high school? I used to love swimming." And uh, oh, okay, how would you like to teach kids? Oh, it turned into a fun conversation. So he was surprised. But if you have a business, um, because I was when you said that, I'm thinking of certain ones. And it's not a franchise yet. You can make it a franchise. Absolutely, that is that is another part of our business services. We take companies that are exactly at that point, and they go, you know what? By the way, if owners of businesses, they only have two options: they go franchise or not. Starbucks is not a franchise. Dunkin' Donuts is. They both made that decision in the boardroom. It's not a right or wrong. It's just a decision to go left or right. 
you know, do I want to go franchise or I want to or not? It's all about control. Um, but we help companies to take them from the beginning to become legally a franchise. That's you know, there's a legal uh, pro, uh, process you have to go through, and then we help them market them across the country. Uh, again, we're one of the top firms in the country that does this. If they want to grow nationally, we help them do that over time. By the way, so it takes a little time to do that, but that is another part of our services we offer. Wow. <clears throat> and so there's several ways that you assist people, and I, I want to stress again that this is something that you – it's a free service that you provide where uh, – and one of the ones we areas we've talked about is just sitting down and beginning the journey, um, Not you know, regardless of where you are in your career path, being able to understand what does it take to – create a franchise, to purchase and own a franchise, or even just kind of get a picture of where where your gaps are to get you to your definition of wealth, what that success looks like for you. That's one of, would that be a good summation of one of the ways you help? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it really is, it's a strategic conversation. I always tell mm. people, you know, you really need to, you know, and get your, you know, get your other family member out. If you have a financial planner, accountant, or, you know, bring them into the team, bring them into the conversation. These are these are strategic conversations, but most people don't sit down and think about it. And so sometimes, for me, by the way, I was I was I was put in the market, so I had to think about it. And uh, when I start looking at going, gosh, you know, what's my? I'm going to go down and get this, you know, menial job, uh, and even they didn't want to hire me. Going, what am I going to do? I'm 60. I, I'm not done. I had I had to go look at my options, and I'm grateful. I'm, I'm extremely blessed that I got a chance to do this. I work with my wife now. We work from home. We <laughs> get a chance to travel. I was never in sales. I hated sales. I was always in management. Now I found consultative sales, which I didn't even know existed, where I get to help coach people. And I don't have to sell them anything. I just help them make the decisions. I got to tell you, Carolyn, you know, I tell people it's like it was a dream. I never thought I'd end up here. <laughs> and, now, and so so I can I love, you know, taking people and helping them do that. Uh, but, I, but a strategy, okay? Uh, a strategy. And they got to be willing to – but most people don't. They get stuck. You know, they get, as you know, right, they get stuck in the paycheck or they get stuck in a career mm-hmm. or they get stuck because they're out of work and they get, you know – I I'm like you. I, I can I know that about you that you just want to help people get unstuck. Yes, and you know it it makes sense to reach out and have the conversation with you because you are creating a strategy. If you're you know looking five years out from now, if you're looking two years out from now, you're you walk away with the conversation with a plan and understanding your net worth uh, and w- what you need to do. Oh yeah, I mean, and we have a lot. Of, by the way, there's there's a lot of women who are at home raising their kids, and the kids are grown, and now they're going. Gosh, I want to get back in the workforce. Okay, and, and so they're they're wonderful franchise mm-hmm. owners. They go, gosh, I guess I could, or their their kids are in school and they got some time on their hands, so they want to buy a semi-absent business so they could maybe work fifteen twenty hours a week and then manage to have a company on the side, and uh, and why they're raising their kids, or there's an executive who's working and saying, you know what. I see myself in five years when I leave this job. I like to replace my income. I make X amount of money. How do I get there rich? I said, well, here's how you got to do it. We can strategically figure it out. You can do, you know, just like everything in life, you're going to probably do a little bit extra work because you're going to have a business on the side. But, you know, in five years, 
you could be you could leave your job, replace your income and and and, and hit all the other goals you wanted in life. But we have to pull it out of you, right? We have to pull out of our, our clients of what get them to think about a vision. The other thing is the vision. I know that you teach leadership. Um, I go, you know what? A franchise is just a business in a box. Really, the real question is, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to make a difference in your community? Do you want to work with kids at risk? You know, I have a lady who bought a technology franchise. She's always dreamed about bringing more women into the technology world. Oh, you wow. know, um, yeah, I get them to dream a little bit. They go, oh, come on, mm. you know, you're the CEO. You buy a business on Friday. You're the CEO on Monday. <laughs> so, you know, what do you want to what do you what do you want to do with it, right? You know, I know you do. You have you have purpose and mission and vision for what you what you do. Uh, when people start dreaming and going, oh, this is fun. This is exciting. Uh, it adds hope back into their thinking. And uh, again, we don't know if it's going to be for them in the end, but at least it gives them hope that uh, there's another opportunity out there. So when is it too late to start building wealth? Well, in my particular case, uh, owning a business, I do, when people get a little later in life, especially when they hit that 65, north of 65, I have to ask them the question. I said, because it takes two, three years, you know, to get, you know, build, get the business rolling, you know, and, you know, get it running smooth and working the bugs off. So, you know, you know two, three years, definitely by five years, years five, you're doing good. If they go, you know, I'm 65 or 68 and I really want to work for three years, I'm going to say it's probably not the right solution for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's not enough window of time to make it happen. Now, I try to coach them in some other ways to do other things, and uh, and, and there's another way of buying a, you know, buying a franchise or, or, or another business. You can sometimes find one that's already in business, it's already up and running, and that somebody wants to sell it because everybody who owns a business sells it someday, or they sell it or the kids sell it or somebody. It's always for sale someday. <laughs> um, so, so I go, if we can find you a business that's already up and running so you don't have to build it and it's already got an income stream, uh, and you know, then maybe you could pop into there and, and run it for two, three years, and then sell it again when you're done. It's just the other nap, you know, or, or you know, if they don't have the money, please don't. You know, they should not stretch themselves in any investment. Okay, because uh, there is a risk. There's risk of real estate. There's risk in you know stock market. There's risk in everything. Uh, so they should just really assess where they're at. Um, so I would say. Most mostly, it's just when you get a little bit too late in life, it's 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 just harder. The windows the length the windows just shorter. That's all. Um. Mm. And, and you know, it, thinking of that as you as we mature, as we get older, there's that other end where this whole thing about the fire movement, where people are looking to retire earlier in life, much earlier in their 30s and their 40s, but it seems like being that silent partner or owning your franchise is a way to do that too um but you don't hear in the i haven't heard much in the fire movement about people talking about franchise ownership as a way to you know kind of transition from that career where there you you can as you said manage a franchise 15 hours a week you know that's working part-time hiring the right people you know so there are, are ways this can be done um you just like you said you got to Go for the strategy and map it out. Yeah, you know, first of all, retirement is a man-made term, 
by the way. It only started really like in the nineteen in the nineteen thirties. It's not a biblical term. You know, people just in biblical times, people worked until they died, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to get a real handle on we really need to get a handle on that word. Because you know, if you're at forty and you retire, well you you gotta wake up in the morning, you have to have purpose in life, right? Now even if you're independently wealthy, so you better start volunteering or you gotta start, you know, doing something. You only can golf so much, you only can travel so much and and so it's I think people just owe it to themselves to really dissect that word retirement because they may say, like you just said, you know, I do I don't want to work full time and I, I you know, I just I want to work maybe fifteen hours a week because I want purpose. You know, no and go volunteer, go do something. But uh, retirement just doing nothing doesn't exist. It's just it's just a fallacy. Uh but most people, they, the world puts this expectation on retirement. The world says, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to have X amount of money. The world says you're supposed to be done at 65. It's like, no, we're not. You know, I'm not. The old, jo- I mean, the old real saying is Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Chicken at 65. You know, <laughs> um, uh, so it's like, no, great ideas come out of you know, out of people, uh, but retirement is just. Uh, I, I personally went through that exercise. I had I really studied the word retirement because I said that word retirement coming from the world was positioning my thinking, and I never asked the question. Oh, like that. yes. So I really I dissected. Oh, somebody made that term up in 1930. It didn't even exist before. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna take it out of my vocabulary. Now, what do I want to do in life? Well, I want to add purpose. I want to make an income. I want to mm. travel. I want. I go through, and then I start designing my life. And that's what we call strategy. We're designing. We're designing the next chapter in life, uh, and it's it's a much it's more much more fun and much more positive than the word retirement. You know, you have your book that you mentioned. Um, What's my next move? Which is uh, a, a look. I, I love capitalizing on this word, strategic look at steps you can take when you're looking at your career moves, your options. And we talked about a couple of what those options are what how can someone get a copy of the book and if they want to schedule that strategy session with you how can they do that yeah well i i I would love to send a free copy of the book you're welcome to buy it on amazon but why just uh, reach out to me and send a free (laughs) copy uh i'd love to do that um uh, either there's a saying in the world you want to go from success to significance. You know, let's get some meaning back into your life and some purpose. But so, how do they get a hold of me? There's a few ways. One is they can uh, call me at eight four seven nine one two four three one zero. Call or text. You can email me at LeBrun Advisory Group at gmail dot com, or you can go on my website rlebrun dot com. Read about my services. Listen to some testimonials, video, and written. And just click on the uh, contact me and you know, send me information. I'll send you a book. Um, yeah, I'd love to help anybody I can. Just if you want to spend five, ten, fifteen minutes with me, I, I can run them through this idea in a little bit more detail. That would be awesome, and guys. Remember, this is free. You can get a free copy of the book. You can have the free um, strategy session. So I encourage you to spend time doing this. It will be well worth it because if, if even if owning a franchise is not in your future, um, immediate future, it could be down the road. But you're going to be arming yourself with knowledge. You're going to understand where you stand, and you'll be able to identify some gaps that you can get to You know, a year from now or two years from now. You reach back out and say, hey, Rich, 
I'm ready. This is something I want to do. And remember, he's talked about it doesn't have to be the million-dollar franchise. There's things that you can do where you're only working 15 hours a week in your business. So you guys that are out there working 80 hours a week, coming home grumpy and frustrated and overwhelmed, you got options. And so I definitely want you to kind of take time to think about that. Um, I didn't know as much about the franchising world until um, I've, I've spoken to you and read some of your stuff and now uh, doing this interview today. There's so much more to it, and the opportunities are there for more people than we realize. There really is. And, the, and, the, and, and Carolyn, people like yourself are making people like myself available to your listeners. Uh, what a great thing you're doing for the world. And uh, and. Who knows? Someone picks up a tidbit here and there, and it could be it could change the trajectory. So, uh, uh, again, kudos to what you're doing. Thank you, thank you so much. I I appreciate that, and I appreciate everyone who listens to the show. And with that, I know we're winding down here. You have 30 seconds to leave a message with the audience. What's the key takeaway you'd like to share with them? Uh, take control of their life. Give them something, mm. you know, it doesn't take long. Take some time to sit, sit down with yourself or your spouse or whatever and say, you know what, can we just strategically look a little bit at the future? It's not just goal setting. That's that's one thing. But really think, what, are, what do we stand for? What do we want to be? How do we want to be in life? What kind of difference do we want to make? And uh, is what we're doing today, is it going to get us there? And what are, can we talk with other people to help us guide us? So I would just say really just take the time to do a little self evaluation. I think that is a wonderful idea. Take control of our lives, guys. we got to do this. Now's the time. Stop making the excuses. Stop waiting. You know, I'm going to give our, I, I don't ever do this, but I'm going to give our listeners some homework. I want you to take time and understand what your net worth is. Um, we don't think about what how important it is to know that. You know, look at your debt. Look at what you have coming in. Look at what you own and think about what your net worth is. I know one of the things that, um, if you guys follow uh, Grant Cardone early on, one of the things he was saying was, you know, you you have tangible items that will continue to buy, 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 but all those sneakers and all those, you know, hoodies and things that you may buy may not have much value. So how can you invest in something that's going to help you create, build, and protect your wealth? So definitely do the homework. You know, take control of your life and really look at your net worth. And then reach out to Rich for that strategy session. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Thanks for that plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> I honestly think it's, a, you know, people don't do enough of sitting in and getting their big picture because we'll stay in this, um, um, you know, oh me, kind of that self-pity place. But until you really start looking at where you really are and start taking action, you know, that's when the difference comes. That's when the transformation is. We can make these transitions. We can do these things. But we just got to start, you know, having the conversations. You know, and we're going to be we got a couple more episodes. We're going to be talking more about money this month and really thinking. And we're going to talk about our personal finances and how we're budgeting, how we get how do we get out of debt? You know, so that you can become the owner of a, a self-storage unit or the owner of a franchise, you know. Uh, so definitely keep listening, guys. I appreciate you. And, Rich, 
Thank you for joining us on this episode. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really, really great. And if I get one last plug here, I'm about to. I've been inspired by people like you. I'm going to be launching a podcast myself in the next two months, and we're going to be talking with founders of companies that bet on themselves and won. So you're going to hear, you're going to chance to hear some of the nuances mm. and the things that they went through to become winners in in that uh, in owning a business. So they'll be coming out. It's going to be called Get It Done Entrepreneurs. They'll be coming out in a couple of months. So hopefully. Uh, uh, maybe, Carolyn, you could be a guest on mine. That would be really awesome if you would. I would love to. I'd be honored. Get it done, entrepreneurs, in two months. Oh, right. And definitely yep. when it comes out, I'll make sure I share um, that on the show here. So definitely make sure you um, let me know. And I'll share it here on the show as well as um, share it with on, on social media. So thank you. Okay. Ah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, too. Thanks again for what you do. <laughs> And for our listeners out there, I want to thank you once again for joining us on another exciting episode of Let's Coach. We've been talking all about money this month, how to make it, how to save it, how to invest it, how to build your legacy. And we're going to keep the conversation going. We've got a couple more episodes scheduled. And as you can see, it's a topic that I'm very excited about. I think next to our relationship month in February, this is one of my most exciting times because if we can help to educate you and if something resonates with one person out there, we've done our job. We've made that difference. So definitely keep tuning in, keep listening. Again, I thank you so much and I appreciate each and every one of you. So until next time, remember, if it ain't broke, make it better. Have a blessed week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.